Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And whoo Well, the run had to end sometime. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think somebody needed a break. Well, yeah. And the thing is, it's like, I'm not going to say anything. It's not a terrible episode by any means. I know. But honestly, like, uh, if you've ever wondered what it'd be like if an episode of uh, Wire in the Blood was an episode of The Mentalist, that's basically what we're getting here. <laughs> like a little the, bit longer. Well, no, longer, obviously more gruesome, but fundamentally yeah. it's about the power of suggestion. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's all the mentalist kept going into. It's like how little we have conscious control, like how little conscious control we have over our subconscious mind and the power of suggestion is the trick Patrick Jane uses over and over again. And that's what uh, Tony Hill spends this week doing. Yep. As weird as it may sound, it's not that crazy to refer to this as... Wire in the Blood does The Mentalist. Or I guess The Mentalist does Wire in the... You see what I'm saying. Wire in the Blood does yeah. The Mentalist. Uh, also, something weird about this episode. They've okay. gone all in on the visual style that the show used to have, but kind of gave up on. Where it's got this handheld, shot-on-video lighting and look to it. Yeah, it's weird, eh? It's weird, because that's what the show used to look like. But it hasn't looked like that in forever. And suddenly it's got that look again. It's it's weird. So I'm glad I'm not the only one who noticed that. No, no, I did notice that it it's it it looks different. I didn't go into depth about why it looked different. I didn't think to myself that but yes, it it did feel more like the earlier. Who knows? I mean, we yeah. could look at the complete cast and crew and see and then go back and look at them but we only yeah. do that for criminal, for minds. criminal minds for criminal minds i've been keeping databases for god's sake <laughs> of everybody who wrote and directed the show of yeah. course you, you know but i'm not going to do that for wire in the blood no. but it, it might be it might be that they brought back one of their old cinematographers for this episode who knows like it's just yeah. it is a very different look than we've been getting lately yeah, than we've been getting since Alex became key. Yeah, I got to say, uh, I know this is a weird thing for me to bring up out of nowhere, but how have we never talked about how in the new, uh, the new offices they have, right? Uh, like, I mean, it's not big, it's not very new. It's not, they haven't completely changed the offices, but it's like how the interrogation room is so explicitly a meat locker now. That's so weird, eh? <laughs> With the metal walls and the sliding freezer door. <laughs> like And that and those weird windows. Yeah. It's just So that they're up up high almost. Yeah. It's it's a weird look, right? I thought it was I thought it was ghastly. Now, mind <laughs> you, in the books they do have to switch offices. Okay. Like like it's not brought up in the in the movies, yeah. but in the books they have um switched because they, like in Morse, they closed down they've been consolidating right okay um different um police forces the smaller ones into the bigger ones and blah okay. blah, See, that, blah that's all completely and unbelievable so and so this is their new office and um yeah uh whether it's um a better it's not a better look <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's it's somebody decided to go haywire with this episode in terms of 
its visuals. Let me put it that way. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe maybe they got access to um, some. They got some. Maybe maybe you know they wanted to try out. Uh, maybe they wanted to try out a new camera this week. Like remember that time on Criminal Minds when for no reason uh, it's the the episode with the mute killer that's a remake of um, Halloween Four. Yeah. <laughs> And how, like, for no reason at the start of the episode, they just strap a GoPro to the wheel of a gurney as they're driving it down the hallway. And you can completely tell that over the summer, like, the the production team bought a GoPro and had to justify it in the budget. So they just do it for one shot and then they never do anything like that again on the entire show. It's like, we have to justify this expense. Okay, well, we'll do one shot ever with a GoPro. And then we're just going to have this GoPro to play with. Yeah, yeah. It was very fun. Oh, yes. That was that was I have to remember back to it, right? Yeah. But yes, that it was, was pretty very, funny. I tell you, in some ways I want to go back and and rewatch Criminal look, Minds. Rewatch sort of Criminal Minds. I get it. Uh sometimes looking at some of the different things that well, Yeah, I mean, um, it's like when I go back through my early reviews, I'm like, yeah, it's I'm I'm re- in, I am if you look at my early reviews versus, you know, the stuff we did much later, I am it, like interacting with the show in a completely different way the more of it I watch. And so going back and watching the early episodes for a third time might be yeah. interesting at some point. I'm not saying we're going to like re-review all of the episodes or anything crazy like that, but it's like we might do a let's talk about season one at some point. Yeah, or let's talk about like there are different seasons that I would say that are critical Yeah, to re- like, rewatch after we've watched the whole thing we've never done that no, and that might might be worth, be doing. worth yeah. doing because particularly in light of everything happened we've already discussed the the destruction that that um particularly after this first season the destruction but i was going to say the destruction that was caused when hotch left we've talked yeah. about that we've and and there's nothing more to say about it it was a bad move yeah, we all, um, we all know our feelings about that. Yeah, and I don't think that... Well, we'll see what happens with David and whether he actually is a decent boss. Yeah, I know, right? He hasn't he hasn't been impressing us so far. No, no, no. We're, we're impressed with uh, Emily. She's yeah. she's done it. Emily's finding her. And again, Luke's holding things down. But uh, it's a sign of how much we want to talk about Criminal Minds, of how just kind of... <laughs> I mean, the best way to describe this episode of uh, Wire in the Blood is it's definitely there. Like, it exists. You can watch it. And I would say there's three or four, like, really interesting character beats in here. Yeah. There's a couple of interesting things in here. Yes. Well, yeah, I know. But we're just waiting for Friday when we can watch the next episode. (laughs) We're the worst. All we're waiting for. Uh, and thank God this is, is a, uh, it's, 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 it's a serviceable episode. Yeah. There's nothing wrong particularly with it. But it I wasn't kidding to... when I said it feels like it could have been an episode of almost any procedure. Mentalist. Yeah, like or The Mentalist. Procedure. Well, not yeah. Castle, but like just there's, there's any number <laughs> of procedurals. It's, no, it could have been nothing Castle. Nothing can be Castle. I know. Uh, no. That is it unique, <laughs> it is and I cannot. Definitely, unique. I cannot watch the rookie. No, I get that. Just I tried. 
The first year wasn't too bad. I did watch it, but then it started to go off the rails. It ain't a good show. And I, I mean, we like Nathan Fillion. We love Nathan Fillion. We want the best for Nathan Fillion. It ain't a good show. Every time I see the the yeah. trailers for an episode, I just go, "Oh well, I'm not watching that one." <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, yeah. So the episode, uh, let's 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 actually get into it. So the episode, okay, we open with a murder. Uh, we open up with a proper a a bent property developer murdering somebody, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll find out later that this is because he was paying the guy to like clear out a building because he wants to redevelop it and the guy didn't do his job and you know tried to run off with the money and so he's you know just doing scumbag mobster stuff yeah uh but of course the fact that he cuts him to pieces is meant to uh (laughs) it is meant to provide an interesting counterpoint to the uh an interesting counterpoint to like you know the idea that there are witch doctors and it's a smart way to start the episode because it is like starting the episode this way is going to uh, keep them right from feeling uh, keep you from feeling like, oh, well, the show's being racist by associating brutality with African religion, because literally the fir- the most brutal thing you see in the episode, the 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 first brutal thing that happens in the episode is just a white gangster being a scumbag. Yeah. And, and so it's like, remember, they're not saying, they are not racializing brutality and they are not racializing no. cruelty. And that's something you got to be careful about when you're doing an episode about voodoo and magic. Well, and, the, well, no, and but this is also Afro-Christianity. Yes. Well, yeah. Right? And, and they talk about it's, that a lot. The fact that it is not, uh, it is the combination of the Catholicism that the people brought to Africa and existing African religions. Yeah, it, it, it's very interesting. You can go see a documentary. Well, it's hard to find. Um, really, really hard to find because the What's BBC has pulled everything mm. on um, sort of South Africa. Ah, okay. And it talks to it because it's looking at Christianity in South Africa and it talks to three different people and it talks to one who's this guy's a Lutheran, but he's still. Yeah. He still follows the religion that his family has been raised in the, and the religious system of his village. It's oh. um, like you often find um, that occurring in sometimes in South Korea as well. Yeah. That they definitely synthesize the religious, the religious system. Practices. So yeah. The practices and, and the guy, you know, and it's, um, Oh, it was this series from the eighties. Okay. That is still that is still dead on, except that you it would I would like it to be updated. It was probably done on tape. Okay. And so it hasn't. What was this series well. about? What was it called? Oh, I can't remember right now, and I don't know why. Am I having short term memory loss? No. It's possible. <laughs> but you no. were sick last week. Yes, I've been I've been sick so. Yeah. Um, it is. Oh, oh, oh. it's Ninian Smart did the book. All right, let's never mind. Let's, let's focus on the important thing. Stop <laughs> trying to change the subject. I know. It's just, no, I mean. So, and then we cut is... to then we cut to a guy. Um, and then we cut to a guy praying, 
and doing yeah. a blood sacrifice because he's yep. worried about his son. Yep. Uh, because he's worried about his son. And then it tur- then the murderer we just saw shows up and sees the guy doing the blood sacrifice and in his building and he fires the guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And so this yeah, guy, so-, so the guy doing the praying and next to him is the guy doing a murder and they work at the, and like one guy works for the other one. Hmm, what's the connection there? We're yeah. going to find out later. Yeah. Uh, all right. But then we move on to, uh, Alex is having, uh, well, first, before we have Alex is having trouble with her son, uh, that'll come in a bit. First, we have Tony at the, uh, Tony in class. And this is where I say it basically becomes the mentalist (laughs) because a guy doesn't believe in the placebo effect and he doesn't believe in the power of the mind to do things. Uh, with yeah. the students, and it's like, why are you in Tony Hill's course if you don't believe in this? I mean, yeah. maybe he had to take it, right? I don't know. Because <laughs> it's part of his psych degree. Exactly. He's getting a psych degree, and you got to take Tony Hill's course. Maybe something like that. Right? But it's uh, it's interesting because Tony does the old thing about uh, right? uh, <laughs> whether you can trash. talk someone into not being able to move. Yeah. You know? And I've never seen this work in real life. Fiction tells me it works a lot. The Mentalist is my favorite procedural of all time. You know? Yeah. So it's not like I don't enjoy this kind of stuff. It's just weird seeing this kind of stuff in a Wire in the Blood episode. Well, particularly since but this is what the whole episode is about. Yeah. The power of suggestion. Yeah, but... You've got to start it this way. But it's a, like the way the power of suggestion works in this episode is... Kind of weird. It's kind of extreme, is what I would have yeah, But it's like, it's, well, it's, it's like this thing with Tony is, is like, I'm, I didn't go back and rewatch, but I'm, so I'm just going to say that it is as if I don't know what Tony said or did that would make it impossible for that man. How did he, how did yeah, he, how did he convince him to not want to stand up? Right. It's weird. Able, yeah. To be able to stand up. Yeah. No, that's you know, that. I'm, I'm with you on that one. It's it's a yeah, bit no, of a it strange was, it, it, thing. There was nothing. There yeah. was nothing that would indicate that somehow or another he had got past this man's conscious Skepticism, mind into yeah. his into his subconscious. I know, um, right? It's just it seems it seems like a stretch, and it, I'm sure it, we're not the yeah. only ones who felt that way. Yeah, that one. It seemed like a stretch, as does. Some well, other stuff that we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah, I mean, this is the first time in, so we've gotten to episode 5-2, year 5, number 2, Yeah, before we've had some serious plot issues. With them, well, specifically with them talking about uh, how, uh, how the, ther- how, like, the mind works. Because the show is usually so good about it. Yeah, and what? Yeah, what? And it's not crazy to say that this time it's it's a little woo spooky kind of stuff. Yeah, and it even ends with woo spooky. (laughs) Does it ever? Uh, You know, I I mean, mean, that one they earn. I think that one they earn more the the spooky way it ends. But uh, we'll you know we'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah, we'll talk about it, but but no, because you have to have a some level of suspension of disbelief. Something it's got to be believable. Yeah. And the fact that I fell apart last week. Now we'll we'll put that to some extent. I was beginning to get sick, yeah. so I was even more um, primed to be affected be, by it. Yeah, be affected by it. But um, 
you know, it because it was so based in Oh, it's reality. so accurate. You know, that whole and, thing was just so true. So to come on to this afterwards, which, which I guess is a in in a bizarre no, no, I mean way. it's it's a palate cleanser. Yes, it's a it's a it's an easy it's a it is just yes. it's just a fun episode about, you know, yeah, like the writing. people. You know. It goes from beginning to end. Oh yeah. You know, like it's not like the script what if you accept the initial premise, which yeah. I don't <laughs> I know. you know, it's it's a fine episode. It's written, it's consistent. Oh it's yeah, fun. you just have to accept the power of suggestion being you know, having the well, we'll talk about what it has the ability to do as we go. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, like if you accept the central conceit of the episode, it's a really good episode. If you don't, it's a bit of a slog. And I think you can tell based on our reactions that we don't really accept the central conceit of the episode. No. All right. So, so uh, Tony does this little thing. Then we cut over to Alex, who is getting her son ready for work and takes a call from the dad who wants to talk to his son. Yeah. And she's like, now's not a good time. You know, it's like, he's been your son for eight years. You can't just suddenly show up. And yeah, it's, we understand why she's upset, but it's pointed that when we then get to the murder site in the next scene, she arrives after Tony. Yeah. So it's like, obviously the stuff with her son is causing big problems with her scheduling because she gets to like, that's rare for her to get to a place after Tony gets to it. That just doesn't happen. Yeah, and this thing with with because the son, yeah, you know, is it? it well, he's growing up. That's yeah. the problem, and so, you know, we don't know whether this is an ex husband. Yeah, whether it's an ex husband or whether just the father, like we the don't. Father, yeah, yeah, we, we don't know that. We don't know what their relationship was when they had the kid. Yeah. And, um, but obviously she is not interested in him taking part. So, yes. And she's getting her son ready for school and yeah. he doesn't want to take certain things seriously. Yeah. And, well, he's got to wear and, a tie because remember, it's a Catholic school. Yeah. Or Anglican. Anglican. I sorry. And Ang I always say Catholic, school. but they're British Catholics. They're Anglicans. Uh, yes. Yeah, oh, and he's, and he's, and, and of course they all wear uniforms. He's oh, in course. a uniform school. So. Yeah, he's got to have the trouble, tie. You know, he's got to wear the tie and the rest of it. Yeah. And so somehow or another, she ends up being late. Yeah. And you know, so... she can't talk to her. This The, the father of, of her son uh, mm -hmm. right now, because she's got a case and uh, exactly. she dropped her son off at school. And I mean, she'd be using any excuse not to talk to him quite clearly, but yeah. she does have a good reason this time. Yeah, so... Yeah. Uh, so we get down to the case and a 14-year-old girl has washed up down at the docks. Yep. She has had blood taken out of her and she is in really bad shape, but she also has a tattoo that's very notable. Tony does a nice little, uh, a cute little thing that I enjoyed where he goes through, like, uh, explains her backstory. Just because it's like, it's not that complicated why teenagers rebel. Yeah. And he's right. You know, it's like these are these are the same stories over and over again. When it comes to teenage rebellion, it's really not that big of a surprise. Like these things are not that surprising and they're not that strange. And I thought that was a nice touch. 
because everything he says proves to be right. Yeah. But it's not like he's a psychic. It's that he's seen this so many times. He's worked with so many troubled kids himself. So, yeah, I liked that the touch of that scene. I thought that was really well. And after seen. you meet her parents, you're just going. Jesus. Yep. Yeah, that was. Uh, that and was... that's paralleling. That's paralleling the problem that Alex is going to have if she doesn't. Oh, yeah. Deal with this issue with the boy's father. Yep. No, and the shows do again. It's doing yeah. good character work this week. It's just yeah, it the actual plot of the episode that we have problems with. Yeah. But we get this great scene with the parents uh, who talk about how you know how she's never show uh, you know skipping school and acting out and swearing and slutting around according to the uh, stepmother, which of course proves to not be true. But uh, yeah, there there's this horrible negativity, and it has all been triggered by. She has been displaced by there being a new child, and no one is paying attention to any uh, her whatsoever. But beyond that, it's pretty clear that the uh, the stepmother is in no way interested in her now that there's a new child in the you know picture. And, and she wasn't and interested in her, I don't think. To start her. with, but now she's by having her own child is pulling the father away from his existing child. You can yes. make the argument. Uh, Again, that's that's well, it's, it's a mean way to say it, but it is how the show is saying it. it it's is, the way they the way they yeah. Oh, it's the way the show is framing things, and it's and it's and it's believable. Oh yes, no, believable. completely believable. But the problem is that this girl doesn't seem to have put up a fight. Nope, she says there was no seem... resistance. There was no nothing. It's like she was tied up completely willingly, right up yeah. until the point where she you know bled to death. Because obviously you can't, uh, <laughs> you can't, you can't, uh, I mean, in like, she's 14 years old. She's got problems at home. You can't say that she willingly let herself get bled to death. No, probably. No, no. I'm sure I, she didn't know about that part of what was going on. But by that point, you're already tied up. So it's not like there's anything you can do. So, yes. Very, uh, very. Although the impression the whole episode is that she might have been willing to let herself. Yeah, I mean that is the impression, like that um, she that was she in such a bad be... state she might have been suicidal. I mean that's yeah. definitely it is definitely presented as a possibility. Yes, that that might that whatever happened would have fed into her underlying depression. Yeah, well, and but that's so the thing Tony says, and you're right. I'm I'm phrasing it wrong because of course she wasn't. Yeah. Tied down. Tied up. No. No, uh, no. I'm phrasing it wrong. But as Tony said, nothing about her profile suggests suicidal. So yes. what could have brought what someone happened? to do that? What could have caused someone to do this? And of course, that's when we get into the uh, the question of suggestion and mind control that's going to be part of so much of this episode. So the, now we get to meet the preacher. Yes. Now we get to meet the preacher. Well, no. First, we get the wonderful scene where... Uh, Really? Uh, where Tony goes and babysits. Oh, that was... The babysitting scene, because Alex has something she's got to go to, but she's fired her nanny and she can't get a babysitter. Oh, that's right. She fired her nanny. Yeah. So, yes, and so that Tony's all comes before they meet. Yeah. And it's Nicole. like, uh, it's Nicole. so great. Yeah. Uh, it's a very, very fun scene. Him and the kid. And it's like, he really does deal well with this child. Like, he is a very good guardian. Like temporary guardian to hang out with this kid, which is I thought a 
I thought that was a very nice scene. I yes, liked it a lot. And game. we find out that tragically, the reason she fired the nanny yeah. is because the son accidentally called her mom. And as Tony tells him, but that's not your fault. Yep. It's your and mom's he feels fault. really bad about it, but it's like, so yeah. So Alex is going through some stuff and Tony's going to talk to her about it later, but you understand why he's going through, like... You understand why Alex is going through what she's going through. Like, she does, she's having real problems feeling like she's a good mother because of all of this stuff that's going well, on. Well, she's never home. Exactly. That's how like, it And, that's, that's how and it that is what was so happens. fascinating about the thing, because we were introduced to someone who was always going to uh, try to put her son first and be home at the end of the day. But now the realities of running this team and being responsible for all major crimes in Bradford yep. are like making it so she can't do the thing she was promised herself she was going to do for her child. Which again, yeah. it's this really great character stuff happening in the middle of the episode. Yeah, and blames blames the nanny. Yeah, blames the nanny. Blames the nanny for it, For right? taking her place. Yeah. And well, so now well. we go to uh, now we go to the criminal, right? Uh, who, uh, who killed that from guy. From the beginning. Yeah, from the beginning. And it's see him awesome. trying to run people out of his buildings and realize, okay, so this is what that was all about earlier. Yeah. Yeah, and you get the one weird guy. Yeah. Oh, one very creepy guy there. Yeah, and right. he just kicks them all out of the building. Yeah, kicks them all out of the building because, again, he's redeveloping. And he wants to, uh, he, he needs the people cleared out. It's uh, I don't know if it's a rent control issue because you always see stories about this in fiction happening in New York. That like New York's rent l control laws are such that basically you can inherit a good um, you can inherit a good rent from somebody. So basically what happened was back in ages and ages and ages ago, like the 40s, they made it so you could only raise rent like 1% a year without any major improvements to the building. And that was locked in as long as that person or that person's descendants still yes. lived in the apartment. So it's yeah. like you have people in New York with giant apartments that are, you know, 900 to $1,000 a month because it's been in the family for X amount of time. P.S. That's how the Friends had such a nice apartment. It could afford such a nice apartment canonically. Yeah. Uh, Monica's grandmother had lived in that place since the 1950s. And so they have this ridiculously easy rent. And by the way, that's why I was so mad at them in the last episode for giving up the apartment. Because I'm like, you understand that if you give up that apartment, it's going to become like a $6,000 a month apartment. No, like illegally sublet it, people. And then if you ever want it back, take it back. It's it's not responsible, you know, for you to <laughs> let to for you to let some landlord get away with turning this into a $6,000 a month apartment. Yeah, it's just well, not there cool, are Monica. Yeah, there are also issues with with people like squatters. Like squatters oh, yeah. have bizarre rights in different places. That's true. So who knows now, I exactly? Mean, it, I said I'm just using the American thing as an example, yeah. but who knows why he needs to kick him out like this in uh, right in the this scene? But obviously he's got to kick them out. And as you say, it could be squatters. Well, it could be something about a. Uh, it could be something about how the contracts work. Who knows? We don't know anything about real estate in England. We only know a little about real estate in America. Uh, but anyway, and then it's the next day. Tony explains what he's figured out about the fact that she wasn't suicidal and she was obviously talked into participating in this. And that alone, like, completely changes their, uh, 
their profile of the situation. Like, it completely changes the profile of the situation, because it's like, well, why would someone agree to be a part of this if they weren't suicidal? Right? What is, what could have led to this exactly? And so they managed to track down the, uh, they managed to track down the, um, what do you call it? The person who used the paint. Right? Yes. The paint that was found on the body. And there's almost nobody who uses the paint, thank heavens, because there's a couple of art schools and a guy. And yeah. so they go and they talk to the artist who does the paint. Who is the creepy guy. Who is the, the creepy program. guy from the previous scene. In an amazing coincidence. Wink, it's not a coincidence. <laughs> uh, and the first, and he's introduced very creepily by bleeding onto a, some paint, onto a painting. Using his own blood for art. It's a very creepy way to introduce the guy. Uh, so I like that a lot. Um, oh, yeah, this is a horror episode. Oh, 100% this is a horror. This is as much a horror episode, I think, as they've ever done. Yeah, yeah. You know? You know, it may not be. Yeah, but like, it's, it it's is, not Criminal it Minds, but it's a horror episode. So yeah. they go and they talk to the guy, and he's like, I don't know that girl. What are you talking about? And then Tony's like, this is obviously a painting of that girl. Girl, yeah, come on. Here, look. And then he wipes off the part where the guy had just painted over her tattoo. Yeah. That would have made it, uh, that made it too recognizable. What he said was, you need to thicken your paint. I know. It's a very, it's a very good joke. Uh, yes. So anyway, now, so now they've got proof that he knew her, right? Which is kind of a, kind of a huge deal. We got proof that he knew her. So they're like, what's the question? He's just like, what? She liked art and came to be painted. There's nothing illegal about that. And I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. But he talks about oh. how he uses blood, right? Yeah. He uses blood in his painting, and they're like, "Well, she got bled out, so yeah." So a, they just pretty good so that's sign that he's involved. Saying. And he just laughs at them and says, "Oh, you won't be able to hold me. I'll be out within they yeah, did within two days." Yeah, yeah I'm going to be and out. She, yeah, because when they did the DNA profile, of course, it wasn't her blood. Yeah, no, it was he, his. So they have nothing concretely linking him to the crime. Frustratingly, yes. Yeah, then we get a weird scene where Alex has a nightmare. Mm. Yeah, that yeah. was weird. This very what? weird scene where Alex has a nightmare, right? And it's interesting because it uh he's she's, you know, I mean, it's obviously caused by her being afraid of her son pulling away the way the girl the teenage girl <laughs> pulled away from her parents and like losing this connection and him ending up dead. Like she did, like we know what's causing it, but the specific imagery is, and because she's tied, she's, you know, 100% sure that guy is involved. The specific imagery is from the nightmare art he was doing in his, uh, right. Studio. In his studio, which I think is very interesting. Well, I thought, well, I thought, no, I mean, it's a good, because it also leads you to wonder whether or not she also yeah it has been yeah. suggested suggested right been exactly suggested to her because that's going to become such an important part of the episode it's it yeah and it's already that up, right up to away. that point if you're if you're thinking about suggestibility at all mm -hmm. which they they stick it in your face so why you wouldn't think about it so you're wondering whether or not she's been given some. Weird because it you don't quite realize when it first starts that it's a dream. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's a good it's a good scene because it's setting yeah. up the power of suggestion in this world. Yeah. 
And later we'll realize that essentially that's what was happening in the conversation with the guy in the uh, art studio. With the yeah. guy in his art studio and his art. So yeah. I really liked that. And so now we, uh, we get a new body the next day. It's an African boy, like an immigrant. The son. the son of the security guard who we've already met. And he thinks that witches did it, basically. Yeah, yeah. nocebo did it. Yeah, no, well, I mean, he doesn't call it nocebo, but, you no. know, he believes it's yeah. just witches. But yes, it's he's, witchcraft. He left witchcraft. Africa to get Moody, away from He it. got away. He left. Yeah, he west, left Africa to get away from it. He never thought it would happen here. Like, he never imagined this could have happened here. And so he is understandably completely freaked out and messed up and, and says again, he has no idea who could have been involved in this. Yeah, And again, you've got the breakup of the marriage. His mm -hmm. wife left and went back to Africa. Yeah. And, he and stayed. the boys stayed with him. And he thought the boy was going to be safe here. And, well, obviously it didn't work out that way. Quite tragically. Yeah. Uh, but yes, and this is where things get really interesting because they're like... And Tony's like, okay, so the killer, we now know what it is. It had like whether you believe in witchcraft or not, the killer does, and that's why the killer is doing this. And yes, it doesn't matter if we believe in it; the killer believes it, and we have to profile that, make that an integral part of our profile. Yes, because remember, the boy has had his eyes taken out. Ugh. Yeah, so okay. disgusting. And they're going to have to look for some kind of a ritual. Yeah. And so they go to yes. the boys' church. Yeah. And this is where we meet the pastor. <laughs> Who is leading his congregation. Oh, my God. And this he's character. Good. Oh, he is. It's oh, a fantastic scene. I mean, if you want to see a great, you know, uh, revival-style preacher who's great at yeah. leading a crowd, this guy is, this actor is selling it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, we did see one of those in Criminal Minds. We did. We absolutely did. But he does, he does everything. He does the faith healing. Yep. The whole thing. He does the faith healing. He does like, he does the whole performance and it's great to watch. He does, he sells it to, you know, it's the hallelujah thing. Yeah, I love it. I love so, this scene. It's so oh, accurate. Yeah. It's, it yeah. is so good, but he can do the faith healing and then. Mm -hmm. He and Tony, and Tony just says, well, yeah, you just suggested in a couple of days. In a couple of oh. days. Let's see if she's still walking a couple of days from now, right? And he's going, well, of course. Well, and then, of course, in the typical fashion of all faith healers, it's your own fault if it yeah. fails. Exactly, but right? you don't have enough faith. That's what it's telling you. Yeah. Not that his ability is crap. Nope. No, nope, it's nope, they didn't nope. have enough faith to keep the path to keep it going. Yeah, yeah, that's how it always works. Mm, oh yes. yeah, and we've talked we've talked about that before. Yep. Um, oh no, like I mean, and how that's uh, such an integral part of this. And it's like it's always somebody else's fault with these guys. Yep, it's never them that did it. <laughs> I think that's a that's an integral part of this thing. All right. So we, uh, he, they go, they talk to him about the miracles, right? They talk to him about the miracles. They talk to him about the kid. He says he knows nothing about the death, uh, the death, and he hopes they catch the savages who did it. Yes. And what he points out uh, is that he loves, Tony points out that he loves the mural, which is fantastic because it's crucified, it's crucified Jesus, like 
surrounded by like the souls of the damned and people begging in pain. And so it's like basically the idea, uh, hopefully the message is that, you know, Jesus is getting everyone out of hell via crucifixion. I don't know if that's exactly what it means, but that is definitely what I was getting at here. And it's uh, explicitly apocalyptic, right? Yep. It is express, uh, right? It is expressly apocalyptic because they've also got the, you know, the, the mysterious rider on the horse on the side. So yeah, like this is, this is a questionable church. Well, yes, but you know, apocalypse, you know, the, the end coming is what drives so many of them. Oh yeah. In America, it's called the rapture. Yeah. But But many different, many different churches have it. You're right. And uh, great, great moment when the guy, the scumbag preacher says, oh, you know, it's like, it's sad that he lost a son, but I will give him blessings and he will have more sons. And Alex, Alex. does not like hearing that. No. Like, do you think does. you can just replace a child? Do you have any children? And I was like, no. And he, uh, and she, you know, understandably does not like hearing the idea that children are replaceable. Um. Well, it's it's very interesting because this is the first from character development. The first time you see basically her personal issues are just yep all over the place in this case. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really liked about this episode. They're letting us in to all of these characters, and And, so she yells at Tony, and Tony's like, you know, I know you're worried about not being there for your son, but right, but. Uh, you know, but you can't take this out. Uh, you can't make your stuff, you know, let it interfere with your work. And she's like, you know, it's not your job to tell me how to raise my kid. And, and Tony's like, fine, you want me to leave? And he walks off and she immediately knows that she screwed up. And so it's a nice scene. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, the, uh, they have to let the artist go because there's been a new murder while he was in jail with the exact same MO. Yep. Yeah. And he goes down to his uh, studio and he finds the goons there. Uh, not the studio, uh, his apartment. And he finds the goons there trashing the place to make sure he leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really nice. Uh, so Tony goes to get a uh, talk to an anthropologist about human sacrifice. Which, of course, Completely appropriate thing to do. Like, he needs to know about ritual murder, because that's obviously what this is. This is ritualistic murder. And she taught, and she's like, and what I really loved is the, that it's like, he's there, you know, hopefully to find out Africa, about African stuff, but it's like, well, but she first goes to finding out about Celts and how they sacrificed people. Yeah. And, uh, he finds that immediately interesting. Because the ways that the Celts murdered people actually sound a little like what happened to these people. The rope and the knife, the thrown in a bog. This wasn't just a sacrifice to uh, Jesus as part of a voodoo thing. These are sacrifice to Celts, to Celtic people, which completely changed his profile because up until now he thought it was somehow related to the African religion. But it's not just related to the Africa, uh, the African Catholic religion of voodoo. It's something older than that as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, Tony rushes to explain, um, uh, 
rushes to explain the situation and everybody and uh and kevin runs in and says i just got a call right uh somebody's uh you know we've just had a body reported and we cut to the uh the the property developer in bed with his girlfriend and he has to rush down because they're tearing up the land on his ground yep yep and what do they find they find a pot with a human heart in it. Yes. Oh. The little boy's heart. Yep. Yep. And then they find more pieces. Yep. Someone has been burying pieces on this guy's property. And of course, that is the guy he killed at the beginning. Yeah. It's the guy he killed at the beginning. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> so oh, things he's are caught. Really bad for this guy. Yeah. He goes back. Now, is this where he goes no, back? No, this is, uh, no, this that's is not later. what happens yet. Uh, and then they try to, uh, but then we get a great moment where she's talking to Kevin about the, uh, who made the call. And Kevin can't remember yeah. who called him with the tip. Yeah. And they're like, and she just understandably yells at him. It's like, do your job, Kevin. But it's actually kind of weird that he's not able. And then, uh, and this is key. Paula gets sent off to in- interview all of the people who were standing around and might have been witnesses to this. Yeah. And the thing, it's a, I mean, it's a very well constructed episode. The more we talk about it, I'm like, actually, they lay all this stuff out really oh, well. I, it's just the I, central conceit we don't like. Yeah. No, they don't. As I said, there's nothing wrong that the the episode tracks from beginning to end. Yeah, it really does. It's like again, if this were any other show. And they just wanted to say, woo, psychic powers are real. We'd have been fine with it. But because it's, you know, Tony Hill, we're expecting a slightly different treatment of it, I guess. Is that it? Well, no, they set us up for a different treatment of it in the beginning. Yeah, they really do. With his in the classroom. Yeah. And I I think they want us to keep uh, assuming that that is what's going on. But there's some stuff that happens later. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, we'll get to that. Right. So they uh, someone had to have access to the place. Right. Someone had to have access to this place, which is pretty much locked up to bury the bodies. But and and this Stark guy, the guy who owns the place, had it. But he's got no connection to this world of he's got no (laughs) connection whatsoever to this world of voodoo. So why would he be involved in that? So, like, who is the person who both has a connection to this location and a connection to the world of voodoo, and they have no idea. Meanwhile, Paula keeps coughing really loudly and can't catch her breath. Yeah. Which is going to be important later. And so now we get the interview with the property developer, who, uh, you know, talks about, hey, I've got an alibi, you can't, uh, you can't connect me to anything. He's got a lawyer there. He's not, he's so unimpressed and so thinks he's untouchable, that he essentially just brags about killing someone and cutting them up. And as he says, do you think I'd be dummy enough to bury it in my own dumps uh, on my own construction site if I did? And they're like, yeah. well, there is a child's heart there. That seems like a pretty good clue that you're into something shady. And he's like, eh, you got nothing to pin me- on me. Uh, but then he, uh, that we point, we learn that, oh, he has done business in Africa and he yeah. is at least aware of witchcraft and that you can buy but he says, and this is the kind of freaky thing, 
it doesn't matter if I believe in it. You can manipulate people who do believe in it. And of course, that is actually one of the key messages of the episode. Yes. That you can, if in fact, manipulate in it, people. You can manipulate them. Now, if you, people believe in it, you can manipulate them into doing what you want. And that's the key element, right? Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. So it's it's a nice scene. It's, it is a nice scene, and we do... It's got a good message to it, right? I think it really does have a good message to it, and it's kind of interesting. Meanwhile, Paula has the worst asthma attack of her life and is hospitalized. Yeah. And she's in a coma. Yeah, she's in a coma and they can't make it better. Like, they can't get her breathing under control. Well, not in a coma yet. Like, she, because she's still holding on at this point. Uh, and, uh, what do you call it? And Kevin is immediately, like, is immediately there. And in fact, like, uh, is very reticent to leave the place. Cause, yeah, uh, not Kevin's only friend or anything, but it's like, yeah, they, they really are unbelievably close at this point. They've been through a lot of stuff by now. <laughs> if you think about the amount of stuff these two characters have been through, yeah, it does make sense how close they are. Yeah. Uh, next, Alex hires a new nanny because she's realized that Tony was right and she can't, like, uh, right? She can't make her, re like, nervousness about her uh, job, about not being there enough for her son, like, make her son have a worse situation because he doesn't have any support there. Yeah. So, yeah, she listens to Tony and she agrees with Tony. So she hires somebody, which is a very good thing. Like, she's very responsible in this scene. And I like to see that. Ah, uh, yes. And then they, uh... And then something very interesting happens. Keep going interesting. Well, oh, no, this is a very great scene. <laughs> because the property developer comes back to his office... And finds a plasti plasticine voodoo doll. Voodoo doll. With a hole in it. Missing the heart. Yep. Representing the dead child who showed up in his property. And then he starts to panic. And he looks out the window. And he sees a zombie outside of the guy he killed. Yeah. <laughs> and it freaks him out so bad he has a heart attack. Yeah. And uh, it's... Okay, fine. So he's not responsible for the weird stuff. No, no, in fact, he is now the latest victim of the weird stuff. And we will later hear that he did have uh, a heart, like heart disease. Yeah. And was taking medication for it. So it wasn't that hard to trigger a heart attack. But again, we are being asked to believe that a doll caused a heart attack in this scene. And again, just go with it. It's a good episode. Just go it's with it. It's a good episode. And it means that deep down inside, he believes to some extent exactly. that it works. Yeah. And that is and that is what they did a good job in the previous scene with him. Because no yeah. matter what he said, on one level, he does believe in this stuff. And he does yeah. believe it works because he's seen it work on people. And he imagined that he was just a user of it. But he wasn't. He was a victim, too. So that is a nice touch. And, of course, now they have to bring in the preacher to talk to him. Uh, they have to bring in the preacher, right? Because it turns out the preacher, uh, his, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? His, uh, cer not ceremony. Uh, oof. Uh, his parsonage? No, that's where they live. His, his church, right? His church. Is being rented Sorry. from the same guy who is charging exorbitant rent. And wanting to throw them out too. 
And so now suddenly this guy who knows all about this misting stuff has a really clear motive for killing the property developer. Yep. Yep. Oh, it's interesting. Oh, so yeah. it has to, it has to, it's beginning to look like it has to have something to do with, with him and his him church. and his church. Mm-hmm. What? We don't know yet. Yeah. And Tony says that the, uh, the interesting thing about it is, uh, because Alex really doesn't believe that you could convince someone to just lay down and die based on voodoo. And Tony's like, oh, you absolutely could. Yeah. Tony's like, no, you absolutely could. And I'm like, that's, I love his worldview. You know, I, I love, again, I think this stuff is ridiculous, but the way they have Robson Green sell it, of like, because at a functional level, it does fit with Tony's personality because the power of the mind is the thing he's obsessed with. Yeah. So it really does fit with his personality that he would believe that this voodoo stuff could affect you this much. Again, we can't let our skepticism, you know, change how we're reading the show. At yeah, least we because... shouldn't do it. <laughs> We've already laid it out. Anyway. We've already made that pretty clear. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so then we, uh, we, uh, we see, uh, uh, we see Kevin leave the hospital and what's waiting for him on the boot of his car. Another, sorry, in the, the passenger seat of his car, another one of those dolls. Yeah. The exact same thing that was used to kill Van Cliff. And so he calls, uh, damn it. He calls Alex to talk about it, and he's so distracted, he runs into a truck. And then him running into the truck causes a I-beam to come loose and almost take his head off if he didn't jump out of the way. Yeah. So yeah, apparently uh, Magic is out to get all of the, t- the whole team, according to this episode. <laughs> you know, and by now Kevin's a believer. Yeah, Kevin is 100% on board with believer. You know, and point. Tony's trying to explain to him, no, Kevin, you were distracted. By the doll, and then no, you I did like the- that. It's like, oh. how did he arrange for me to? And as Kevin says, how did he manage for me to run into a truck? And he's like, you did that. Yeah. You got on the phone. You kept looking at the doll. That was you, Kevin. He's just playing with you. Yeah. You know. Uh, but the question is, who planted the doll in the car? And as Tony said, like, even if it is this doctor, uh, this sorry, this priest doing it. Who's planting the dolls? Tony's like, well, he's got to know somebody in the outside. It's as simple as that. Yeah, he's got to have somebody else, somebody f- probably from his congregation. Yeah, and they think they think there's a good chance it's the artist. Because yes. the artist, because it could be a simple thing where, okay, somebody else, the, maybe the preacher killed the person while the artist was in jail, and now the preacher's in jail, the artist did something to cover for him. It actually makes perfect sense. Yeah, and they go back. So they now, go back to the artist's place to search the uh, to search. And it. they rip off Tony rips off some of the wallpaper. Yep. And finds the same symbol that was tattooed on the first girl. Yep. Body. Exactly. So okay, he is part of this somehow or another. Mm-hmm. He's a believer. Yeah. And that's the key part. Like he's yes. a believer. He's involved. And, interestingly, we find one of the voodoo dolls there 
that is pro because it's the throat being strangled might represent Paula. I mean, they don't get any confirmation on that, but it does make sense. Yeah. It does yeah, make she complete kind of sense. looks like Paula. Yeah, she's got the blonde hair. Yeah, and the dead girl did not have blonde hair, so it's probably Paula. And this is the interesting thing. But as he says, uh, and so Alex says, "Is this how he got Paula?" And uh, and Tony says, "Yeah, except he didn't send the doll to Paula." And this stuff can't work on you if you don't know it's happening. Paula didn't know she'd been targeted, so how could it conceivably have worked on her? There has to be some other causality that we don't know about. And that's, that's of course, going to be vitally important in a minute. <laughs> All right. And, uh, oh, and the, the new nanny is working out just fine. Yes. All right. The new nanny is working out just fine. But, and this is the key part, uh, ooh, I know, I know, she's going to be going somewhere tomorrow, right? Uh, she's going to be going somewhere tomorrow, and it's going to be very interesting. And here's something key. They test the knife and the blood they found at the guy's house, and they find the dead girl's blood. So now they have an official connection. He's linked to it. But there was another woman's blood on the knife that they can't identify. It's not the dead girls and it's, there's no other female victims. So whose blood is it? Tony goes home and he's trying to figure out what's the connection. How are they targeted? How did they get to them? Right. How would you, how would you convince this person to go with you? And he gets attacked by the artist. <laughs> Damn this scene almost gets strangled to death. They take a tumble down the stairs. The artist breaks his neck and Tony's like, the guy was weird. He couldn't communicate at all. It's like he was acting automatically. Yeah. And they talk about zombies and how like people who are convinced that they are dead and that they exist only to follow orders. Yeah. And could that be what's going on here? Yeah. And as Tony says, the unconscious mind can operate like any safety mechanism anyone has. So it's like it can essentially you could get and his theory is they're all like uh, hypnosis can't make you do anything you wouldn't want to do is the general idea and Tony's like no you could get somebody to kill themselves you can override the body's natural processes that, it's like the way he talks about subconscious <laughs> power in this episode it, I mean I'm just saying it like it crosses the line into mysticism basically yeah yeah as you can tell I'm not terribly excited about that part of the episode I'm going I know it, it really on. does Cross the line into mysticism. And so Tony goes back to the hospital and we learn that, yeah, Kevin has basically been here at the hospital every second he wasn't at work, just watching yeah. over Paula. And then so Tony goes in and he talks to her and the thing comes off and she can suddenly breathe again and the thing comes off. We don't see what Tony No, no, saying. remember, he tells the doctor, he, he comes to the conclusion. And he says, yeah, he tells the doctor. It's suggestible and tells the doctor to stop trying to treat asthma yeah, it's or allergies. It's just suggestion. Stop yeah. all the drugs. Yeah, because, because the drugs are making it worse, which is true. Spoiler yeah. alert. Uh, one time I got a, the wrong kind of, uh, the wrong kind of, uh, steroid for asthma that they gave me to take and it gave me asthma. Yeah. If you take one that's the wrong type, uh, it'll make your asthma worse or effectively like give you asthma. And that's what it was doing to her, which is very, inter which is, I thought, a very interesting touch. So it kept her. Yeah, it kept her. It made her sick. 
Right? The, uh, like getting, uh, they were giving her steroids to cure her asthmatic reaction, but that was essentially making her worse and putting her in the coma. So they stopped giving her the drugs. They don't give her the drip any, uh, not the drip, the aerosol anymore. And suddenly it's easier for her to breathe. And Tony tells her that she can breathe and it essentially lets her out of it. Yeah. She gets out of whatever this place yeah. is she's been living in. And now Tony finally gets... The power of positive thinking. Yeah. and But Tony finally figured it out, and he uh, goes over the... Uh, goes over the art, right? Yeah. Of, uh, goes over the art that the artist was making, and he notices that even though the two pictures of women he has are the exact same pose, they're not drawings of the same women. Woman. Yeah. Yeah. That's the key part. They're not drawings of the same woman. They're in different poses. They're slightly different sizes. One has light skin. One has dark skin. And he's like, he's a good artist. Uh, and he's like, this guy's a good enough artist that that must mean something. There are actually two women. And so they're like, there is a woman here who is in charge of all of this. And then suddenly they're like, actually, wait a minute. The, uh, the... The the property developer's girlfriend was a mixed race woman, right? The property and and Paul is like the witness I talked to at the crime scene was a mixed race woman. You know, before I started having breathing problems, right? And then so she's like, uh, so she goes and she calls her because they're gonna you know figure this out. She goes and she calls her nanny, right? And her nanny says, uh, oh yeah, no, you don't have, I don't have to keep your son longer. The detective came and picked him up. Oh. Ooh. And it was this nice mixed race lady, uh, cop who came and picked him up, like you said to. Uh, like you told her to. And they're like, damn. And, oh uh, dear. Yeah. And then we get Tony's speech, uh, which I thought was great, where it's like, hey, it's not the nanny's fault. This woman is so good at this, she can make anyone she talks to believe anything she wants. She talked a girl into being bled to death. She talked her boyfriend into having a heart attack. She talked Paula into... She talked Paula into having asthma. Of course she can get away with this. <laughs> oh, it's a great scene. It is a great scene. I loved it. I love this scene so much. It's so nice. So they go and they talk to everybody and they try to do a capture. And Tony's like, this woman believes that she will be like, she tried to kill cops because like she's believing she's getting power with all these sacrifices. And she believes if she kills this child, she will be invulnerable. I'm like, okay. And they have to go. And so then they have to go to the minister to find out to what find is the out. Story what kind of a ritual and where she might be because they can't figure any of that out. Which and is now if you'll go back, you might remember that when Alex angrily demanded of him whether he has any children, he hesitated before saying no. <laughs> because this is a very, very good, well-structured episode. Yes. Yeah. And the problem is, like, nobody knows. There's, like... Uh, they've got, finger, uh, like, she has cleaned out the guy's apartment. The guy's goons don't know who she is or where she, uh, where she lives, right? So there's, there's no obvious lead. But, uh, this kind of, uh, ritual gets performed at sunset, and that's only an hour away. 
And so, so, yeah. And so they go and they talk to the preacher and based on his reactions, Tony figures out that this is his daughter. Yep. Because Tony is and very then good at his job. We, oh, then we get the horrible part. Yep. Starts talking about her yeah. and how he had sent her back. She was, her mother was Scottish, hence mm-hmm. the Celtic stuff. Yep. And then, he, and she had been sent back to, because she was born evil. Yeah. She had all these demons. So he thought he would send her back to the old country where the evil could be dealt with. And then Tony just goes, yeah, so you torture her. (laughs) And so she spent her whole life, and as he says, what do you think it would do to someone spending their whole life being told they're evil? Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's a really good question. (laughs) Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. but the so, point is, yes. they figure out that and it's like this ritual. Oh, sorry, you're gonna say not what I was just gonna say. And he says, and Tony does say to him, "Yeah, and you kicked her out, mm-hmm. the only home she has, because she's better than you at it. Yeah, and you couldn't stand the competition. Yeah, and so now what does she have? She has nothing. Yeah, and so she went all in on the magic." Yep. Oh. And he says, uh, and he says, you actually got longer. And what he's able to give them is they actually have longer than they think they do because she would use moonrise. Yeah. Not sunset. That is in their faith, right? That is the most propitious time. Uh, so there you go. And this is the key part. They have to figure out if this is a Celtic ritual, which they know it must be because all of the other ones were. Yeah. They're go- they're, yeah. She's going to want to do it at the most important part. It's going to have a view of the moon. It's going to have a view of the moon and it's going to be by a river because she's got one god left to give uh, it to the river god. And so they're happy. And luckily, they know enough about the ancient sites, right? <laughs> Here around Bradford that they know about an altar where they used to do human sacrifice. And they managed to rush out there just in time to save the sun. And then you get just such a stellar piece of acting because we haven't spent any time with this character through the entire episode. She has been a complete background thing. Yeah. The entire episode. Yeah. No, we've seen her. We've seen her. Like we saw her briefly. You don't notice her. You never notice her. And I'm just saying that's, Yes. Such an amazing job by the actress. Yes. That you really don't notice her in any of her earlier scenes. But when I'm, you know, scrolling through it a second time as we watch, she is yeah. in a bunch of scenes. You know, not just the yeah. scene where they're in bed together. Yeah. She's in a bunch of scenes. It's very well done. The cops manage to catch her. Thank heavens. Although she manages to briefly escape by, you know, just as Tony says, by making people think she can't see her. And I'm like, okay, that's getting a little far into the woo-woo stuff there, Tony. <laughs> but uh, but the performance she does of going from this monster who's about to kill somebody to completely reasonably saying, this is obviously just a case of mistaken identity and trying to hypnotize Tony. But the problem is, Tony is one person you just can't hypnotize. Yeah. You geez. can't. He is too sure of himself. But Say then, what you yeah, yeah. Oh, but, well, go on. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just gonna say it's yeah. a really great scene where he's like, he is a sen- she is trying to hypnotize him, and he's saying, "Just give it up," you know. Yeah. It's give over. it up. It's over. 
you know? And then, yep. because she is a true believer, she wants to know who his familiars are. Yep. Because if she, if he can withstand. He must be a her, more powerful magician. Than her. I know, so, isn't that great? Which means he has familiars who are going to come for her. Yeah. It's such she, a good scene. She believes this entirely. And that's the thing. She is a true believer. And they take away her protection. Her protective necklace. Because she needs to wear that all the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So she's, yeah. And then we, then we <sighs> move. So she's in a jail cell. She's in a jail cell. She's locked away. And, and the zombie move. of, and the zombie of her boyfriend comes and spits flies out. Mm. No, no. But in between, because that's the very end. That's the so very in end, between yeah. we have Tony. Going with Alex and say, go and hire that nice nanny back. Oh, yes. It yeah. Her fault. It's not her fault. And, and, you know, and Alex takes some time off. Yeah. If you're so concerned, you know, don't come back to work right away. Your son has been through this horrible thing. So like, yes. take some time and just be his mother. And he'll be, he'll be fine. You know, yeah. I mean, he's traumatized. Yes, but he'll be fine. He'll get better. But, you know, he'll be there better, for him. So. This is your chance. You know, yeah. it's what he needs, and you can be there for him right now. Like, the team will handle it. Yeah. It's, you've like, got this a is great why you have the team. Well. This is why you have trained the team, so that the team can handle it when you need to take a step away, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... I mean, the thing is, the more we talk about it, I, I have the exact same problem you do with the episode, which is, I just don't... I just can't buy a depiction of you know, the power of suggestion working this way. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that said, like, they're the famous cases of the people who are like, who, you know, you lose the ability to move their arm unless they're told they can move their arm. And like, you know, the famous mirror box trick to make, to get rid of phantom pain by making people think they have, uh, right. Think they have uh, two limbs again. That, mm -hmm. uh, that was actually covered on criminal minds once. Like there, there is, I'm not saying there's not evidence to suggest that it works Some something people, like this, but the level it is depicted as in this episode, it's just, it's too much for me, you know? Yeah, no, it's too much because come on, you can turn people into quote unquote zombies, but you also need a drug to do it. Yeah, exactly. Like you need the puffer fish toxin or it's just not going to work. You so know, yeah. like there's all sorts of, there's all sorts of things you can do. Yeah. That that can But the turn. idea you can do it just by talking to someone, I like talking to someone and not saying anything yeah. that is related to what you want them to be to become. Yeah. Become. That's the you issue. Know? How do you how do you it's you know just, if... it's just a stretch, okay? It's yeah. just a stretch. Yeah. And it's just the... a bridge too far for me. Yes. So Alex is going to be fine. Tony goes back home mm -hmm. and he sees, he sees, uh, there's a, there's a bug on his, on his paper. And yep. instead of killing it, he picks it up and he puts mm -hmm. it out the window. Yep. And do, 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 <laughs> And that is when the, the flies come for her. For because her. Tony and has grabbed a, a bug as his familiar. Yes, he does. And well, again, you and I might find that ridiculous because how could she possibly know Tony has uh, has taken a bug as his familiar? 
Yes. Well, and he's let the bug live because he's seen too much death. Well, I know, but I'm just saying that they're they're drawing yeah. a connection between the two scenes for that reason. Yes. And it does make you go, oh, come on, just a little. Just you know? a little. <laughs> just, just a little. It makes yeah. you go, oh, come on. You know, if they just set it up as a horror episode, it would have <laughs> been fine. Yeah. You know, Criminal Minds has done that sometimes. You just go, okay, so well, this yeah, there's the There's the Criminal Minds episode that ends with the devil coming to take the girl who's missing a hand. So, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, right. they do this, like this is, It's not like this isn't something we have uh, seen before, right? Yeah, but at least, well, you see, but, but the point is, is that that you can accept that in Criminal Minds <laughs> because, well, what the hell? It's you know, silly. You they had demons on that show multiple occasions. Yeah, you know, we still never figured out the whole thing with Reed in the door. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing that was never resolved. <laughs> all right, so, so I, I mean, I, we can accept all that, but this was but the thing this is, is, it's is not fire in the blood. This it's is supposed not to be more mind. serious. It's supposed to be more serious, and that's why I recoil slightly. So, but still, I'm not complaining that much it's no. a fun ride it really is it's just and there's good stuff with alex and there's good stuff with alex's psychology and what's going on with her right yeah like there's there's plenty of good stuff here it's just you know it's kind of dumb <laughs> and that's yeah. that it's kind no, of dumb it, it's but there's good character stuff know. and like they take tony to such an extent you know of like of his faith in mental of like mind control and the ability of the mind to do anything. Like they're, they're making him go so far into that, you know? Yeah. You know, unlike, 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 um, the mentalist. Unlike the mentalist. Yeah. Which they, in the first well season, aware. in the first season, they did one super elaborate, uh, you know, hypnosis can make you kill people episode, but then they never went that far again. Cause they knew it was too far. For the mentalist. Yeah. You know? I think it's way too far for Tony. That's what I'm saying, right? Fire in the blood, yeah. It's way, if, like, if an episode about someone being hypnotized to kill somebody is too far for the mentalist, it's way too far for Wire in the Blood. Uh, but still, that doesn't mean we love the mentalist or Wire in the Blood any less. This should not be interpreted as a criticism. <laughs> <laughs> We love our show. Yeah, All right. Uh, so that is that. Uh, we're going to be back next. Uh, oh, my God. We're going to be back on Friday or Saturday with more Criminal Minds. How Yay! crazy is that? Yep. Oh, man. Uh, I just It's so weird to be saying that. And, of course, we're going to be back ne- next week with more Wire in the Blood, which hopefully it's a little more psychology-y uh, this <laughs> uh, next time. Fingers crossed, right? Uh, yeah. But until then, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling-related fiction you'd like us to check out, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you have any, um, if you're listening to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher, be sure to rate and review it. That's how new people find the show. We're going to see you here next week, but until, th- sorry, later this week, but until then, I'll say that's right. Au revoir. Have a good, well, have a good day until tomorrow. I know, right? Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.